And welcome back, spooky people. This is That Spooky Life, and I am your host, Miranda, and I am happy that you have decided to join us today. We have part three, the third and final installment of my trip to Inspiration House this week, and I'm very excited to share it with you guys. So we're going to dive right in today. And this was day three and day four. We didn't really have a full day of day four. It was only a partial day as we were getting ready to go. So I decided to include them both in this episode. But they were hands down the most active days that we had while we were there. Waking up the second morning on day three, I had not realized that there was... I woke up with this feeling of being stood over and half expected spooky friend Cat to be, hey, good morning, or something like that. And I rolled over expecting to see her there, and there was no one there. Well, no one visible there. I got the impression in my mind's eye of the silhouette of a man, just sort of watching as if trying to figure me out. And then he sort of faded out of my consciousness slash observance and I thought well maybe I was half asleep and there's a curtain that shields the sleeping area from the rest of the creator suite I thought okay well maybe I just saw like a cat's shadow or something like that nope turns out cat was in the shower the whole time there was no way that it had been her and no one else was awake yet as I found out later because I was hearing voices like sort of in and around the house. Well, I was getting ready. I was getting my stuff together. I was getting ready for the day and I was getting my things together. And I heard voices and I was like, oh, everybody else is up. Awesome. You know, I'll go downstairs. Cat returns from having run down to the kitchen to get something. And I was like, what time did everybody else get up? And she stopped and looked at me. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, I heard everybody talking downstairs. And she's like, nobody's up yet. What did you hear? So we checked to make sure that the bedroom window had been closed because we slept with it open that night and it had already been closed and we did not see anyone outside. And it genuinely sounded like the voices were in the house, but such is the way. And that evening, there was a time where some business had to be attended to because it was technically, as I mentioned before, it was, it was it's a work trip. And Julia and I found ourselves in the sitting room, hanging out, and we decided that we were going to go take the EVP recorders and equipment that we had been told we could totally use and go investigate the carriage house slash garage house. This was the one that I had seen something duck behind and into and watch us from on and off since we had arrived. And we were really excited to do so. Julia was someone who doesn't have a lot of personal experiences, so they were excited to see if we did feel anything. And so we went in and we grabbed all the equipment and we were like, all right, let's do this. Sweet. And we get out there and it's dark. And it wasn't dark last time we were outside. And I'll tell you, the carriage house has a very different feel once it gets dark. And for someone who doesn't have a whole lot of personal experiences, the closer we got, Julia admitted that they they were not thrilled about how this felt. And we both had a sense of sort of trepidation. We did have a couple of questionable EVPs. And that I'm going to play for you guys now. And you can tell me what you think. This is Julia and Miranda in the Carriage House of Inspiration House, May 1st, 2021. And we were wondering if there was anyone here who had anything they would like to say. There have been a few, <clears throat> a few people who have seen a shadow moving. That was wind on a window, potentially. 
Yeah, I think that was weird. There's also a face seen in some of the windows occasionally. We have two recorders right here if you want to talk to us. Just speak in either one. There's a little red light on the one with the chair. It's a small box. It will not hurt you. There's also one in my hand that you are welcome to speak into. We have raised quite a bit of energy this evening, mm -hmm. so there should be plenty mm -hmm. if you need energy to speak. Kelly believes that you came with the land. Is that true? Wind on the garage door. I wasn't sure if that was wind or if that was us like walking upstairs. Yeah, it sounded like wind on the garage door. There is definitely a difference of energy vibe in here. Yeah. Creepy visuals don't help. <clears throat> Are you the entity that was seen screaming from the basement? Okay. I am going to pause this one okay. and rewind. There are two EVPs. One, I can't make out the first one. The other one honestly sounds like it says energy before I say energy, but that may just be me. You guys tell me what you think. And then towards the end, what sounds kind of like white noise, but if you listen very carefully, and I tried to amplify it, it almost sounds like rapidly dripping water. We did not hear that with our own ears. However, that is for sure the first thing that we heard when listening back to the recording once we got inside. We were like, why does it sound like it was raining out there? Because it wasn't. You can hear the wind, but it wasn't raining at all. And yet, on that recording in different places, it kind of sounds like there's a heavy rainfall. So after we got back from doing all of that shenanigans, we listened back, heard the EVPs that you guys have now heard. And we were like, okay, that's enough. We're good. We got some stuff. It's interesting, but we're not going to do that again. We're cool. So we decided, since everybody was still busy working, that uh, we were going to play a little prankaroo on, on some of our friends. And in the museum room, we went in, and I don't care how nutty I might have looked, I asked the permission of all of the purportedly haunted dolls if we could play a little game and have some fun and we told them what we were going to do and we didn't get any bad vibes so there were a couple that we moved around there was a baby doll put into a chair i turned the ballerina around we did a couple of things and we left the home sweet haunted home sign in the middle of the doorway mostly so that it would be noticed for sure and sure enough upon our friend's return about 30 40 minutes later somebody asked why the sign was in the doorway and we played innocent we were like what do you mean oh okay yeah and so they went in and started trying to investigate and they're like okay stuff for sure has been moved in here what's going on with this and they was like there's the baby doll in the chair the ballerina's turn around the sign is in the door and this doll's head is pointed towards the window 
And in the other room where we were trying to keep our poker faces and play it cool, Julie and I looked at each other because everything they listed we had done except for turning the doll's head. This one particular doll, when we had left the room and turned out the light, had been facing forward. So we broke it at that point. We were like, no, wait, 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 guys. For real. We were messing with you. List off what was different again. And they listed off what was different and everything we had done except for the doll's head. And we went in there and sure enough, her head was turned almost at like a complete right angle to what it had been. She did not have a loose head. So it wasn't just like our movement had swiveled it or something like that. It had to be turned and it was in a different place than what Julia and I had left it. And that was really creepy cool because it was like the dolls wanted to play too. So we were like, okay. And we put everything back and thanked them for having a good time. We were like, no, don't, don't move anymore, please. Thank you. Bye. So our prank kind of backfired, but it was really cool. So the door light picked up a personality over the weekend on the porch upstairs. The light that was supposed to be motion activated, that was not actually motion activated and supposed to be activated by when it gets dark, had been turning on and off at different intervals. And by that evening, it had picked up a sense of dramatic timing and personality to the point that it would not have surprised me to find out that one of the spirits in the house was actually manifesting this as an ability they could do. Because at points in the conversation when it was poignant to be like, oh, I never thought of that, the light would come on. Or when it's like, I felt really bad about that, you know, so on and so forth, the light would go out. Just in general conversation, we wouldn't even have to be discussing anything paranormal whatsoever. And there were a couple of us that <laughs> it seemed to kind of be picking on because there were some there were some good revelations in conversation and experience that weekend. But we are all standing out on the porch, standing around talking and enjoying one another's company. And the light has been sassy, making its own commentary. And then all of a sudden, someone says, what the fuck was that? And we all stop and the light turns out and it was really amusing. And it looked for all the world as if in the second story of the carriage house, which is completely empty and like under like renovation stuff right now. It looked like there was a little blue LED light that you would see on a phone for like service. And it took a minute for all of us to be able to spot it and see it because it was moving or blinking. We weren't sure which. It turns out it was moving to the point that in discussion, it would not have been impossible for it to be like a person over there that we couldn't see for the darkness that was actually carrying a phone in their hand for whatever reason. It looked suspiciously normal. So one of our friends went over there and he went all the way. He turned on the lights. He went all the way upstairs. We saw him through the windows and there was nothing. Nothing but a creepy vibe and him not wanting to be there for terribly long. So he came back. He's like, no, there's nobody up there. There's no way anybody could have gotten out. It gets just that one staircase, like even if they jumped a window. And then some spatial oddities occurred. There's a, a street light behind the carriage house that through two of the windows on adjacent walls, basically, you can see. And through the windows, it looked like it went out as if the window had, you know, it, it just looked at first like the light had gone out. But then we realized we could still see the light behind the side of the building. So the light hadn't gone out. The window was just being blocked. And that was very odd. And then we all very visibly see the little blue light 
like a firefly inside the carriage house and we're watching it move around and we're like trying to figure out you know you have the swamp gas you have the whatever you think it could be we're trying to figure out a reasonable explanation for it until it came through the wall it came through the wall next to the window it didn't even come through the window we saw it disappear behind the windowsill and then reappear on the outside of the wall and i didn't see that at first somebody explained that to me because i missed it and when it went back inside we could see it inside again for a minute and then it came through the roof and floated about a bit before it went back inside the house we tried to find a reflection possible laser pointer like we tried to find any explanation that we could looked around walked around tried to like shine lights over there things like that could not recreate it and could visibly every single person present all six of us could see it so we have no explanation for that and it was by far a hilarious crescendo to the weekend because we each had sort of like different experiences at different times but that one thing we were all present for we could all see and we were all seeing the exact same thing and it was crazy bananas. Like, I've never had an experience like that in my life. I have seen those lights, those kind of lights. I have stories on this podcast about seeing lights like that, but it was just one and everybody was seeing the same thing. So it was a very cool experience to, to sort of have happen while we were all present. However, that evening, it was very nice. It was very pleasant. It was very quiet and everybody went to bed. Slept through every alarm that was set and had to get around and rush around in the morning to get together and get everybody out of there. So we're rushing around, we're packing things, we're putting toothbrushes away, trying to make sure that we don't forget anything. And I take all of the equipment that we hadn't put back or that we had been using. I went back into the museum room and I put everything back where it needed to be. I made sure it had all its little tags. I had made sure to pull our VP files off so that I could have them for you guys here on the podcast. I put, I made sure the Ouija board was straight. I made sure that all the dolls were where they were supposed to be. And I said to the room, thank you very much for letting us have playtime, for joining us and for allowing this to happen. It was a wonderful weekend and I hope to see you all again soon. Thank you very much for your hospitality. And it was nice. And so I left and I pulled the door too, but I didn't pull it shut all the way because I didn't know if anybody else had anything that they needed to put back in there. So it was open an inch and a half, two inches. And we finished what we were doing. We cleaned up. We got everything where it was supposed to go. Got the garbage out. We're wrapping up everything and waiting on a couple of people to come back downstairs. And myself and two other friends were in the kitchen. And I was like, yeah, I went in there. I cleaned up the museum room. I told them thank you for the hospitality and that we were getting ready to go. I hope to see them again soon. But, you know, it's time to go, etc. So as I say this, the door to the museum room shuts the rest of the way. No one was in there. No one had opened a door to change, you know, air pressure or anything like that in the house. The door just shut on its own. And one of my friends looks at me and goes, well, time to go. <laughs> it was the most hilarious timing that there could have been. Like, I can't make this stuff up. And the fact that there were two to five other witnesses at any given time to this, I really just, it speaks to the awesomeness of this house. and. The experience itself was one I will cherish bluntly, was worth three episodes of a podcast. But that brings us to the end of our Inspiration House now three-part series, and I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. 
I will put the link to Inspiration House on Airbnb in the description of this episode. If you guys want to check it out, I highly recommend it. It was a wonderful time and I 5,000% will be going back. That is my spooky story for the week. Adventures in Time and Space. In 2013, it all began. Well, it got serialized in 2017. How they got to space, you'll just have to listen to find out. Bastards of the Universe is an entertainment and nostalgia podcast with a hint of space opera and a happy helping of good old-fashioned comedy cheese. Join the crew's many misadventures, like malfunctioning teleporters and a number of soiled pants, as they attempt to fulfill all of your nostalgia, review, and space-faring needs. Bastards of the Universe is available on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Casts. Pick your favorite platform and check it out. If you like what you hear, tell them you were sent from the spooky side. That should freak them out. Which this week will bring us to our witchy tip. Because it has happened, friends. We are out of spooky listener stories. I figured this would happen occasionally. But we'll go into the witchy tip and then we'll talk about what we're going to do. So our witchy tip this week is actually one that we've talked about before. It's shadow work. In episode 52... We talked about it. Um, it was sort of an introductory level, though. However, 31 episodes later, if you're still here, I figured we could do a little revisit. As a refresher, what is shadow work? I'm going to read you from the thecenterofexcellence.com, which will also be included in the link. The idea of the shadow self was first conceived by Carl Jung, a 20th century psychologist from Switzerland. In his field of psychology, often referred to as Jungian psychology, wonder why. The word shadow refers to hidden parts of our being. This may be parts of ourselves we try to repress because they make us feel sad or wounded. This is the side that we don't show society, such as when we are at work or school. It can also indicate how we internally perceive ourselves as being weak or in pain, that we feel the need to hide these parts of ourselves. Carl Jung believed in the integration of the shadow side so that our full self is acknowledged and we can live in a balanced way. Basically, the idea is that until your shadow can be fully and healthily integrated, we cannot achieve our true happiness nor potential. Seeing as both occult traditions I have studied with in my life have a large focus on mastering shadow work through somewhat different means, but no less the same goal, it's a very important part of my personal day-to-day life. So, how do you do it? Well, the hard part is the all of it. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. Not honestly brutal, but brutally honest. And that can take practice. All of those feelings and negative reactions, all the things that friends, exes, society, teachers, and even our family tell us, now that's not nice, or you shouldn't do that. Those things that we train ourselves out of acting upon. Those things that are considered the negative emotions and how, you know, in your 30s, you have to learn that, no, it's actually okay to be mad. It's just what you do when you're mad that matters. All of those things, those are the personality traits and behaviors and feelings that get tossed into our shadow. Trauma does as well and heartbreak and all the things we just don't want to look at or see about ourselves. It's exceedingly complex. 
honestly, the best place to do shadow work is therapy. That's what therapists are for. It's not for just, oh, something's wrong with you. No. They are trained counselors to help an individual learn how to deal with our own baggage. And personally, I highly recommend it. However, therapy is not always an option for all of us for a myriad of reasons. Shadow work is thinking about processing and acknowledging those things, those impulses and reactions and thoughts and feelings and all of the things that make you go, no, I'll deal with that later, or no, I don't like that, or no, I shouldn't do that. Perhaps you shouldn't. Perhaps you shouldn't think about it in that moment. Perhaps you shouldn't do that in that moment. That is entirely acceptable. But that doesn't mean it goes away. And the more you pile in there without taking it back out later and in examining it, the heavier your shadow gets and the more personal power it takes to keep those things in your shadow, where you should be using that power to do things that you want to do, like going out and riding a bicycle or casting the new spell that you put together that will hopefully bring peace and love and harmony to the world or smite your enemy. I don't know. That's personal power that you can take back. But by acknowledging them, when and where they have value, and when and where they are nothing more than a bad feeling, we integrate them back into ourselves. Because it's okay to have a bad feeling. Not everybody has to be nice, kind, and perfect all the damn time. I'm not. You're not. No one is. And while acting on those negative impulses in the moment, no not necessarily the best thing to do. That doesn't mean that they're not still valid feelings that need to be acknowledged. Because if you bring it into the conscious, it cannot rule you from the subconscious. And bringing those things into the conscious so that you have power over them and they don't have power over you is the goal. Now, this is honestly a probably gross oversimplification of this entire process and the concept, because we only have so much time on a little podcast to talk about it. So I urge you to do at least some research, preferably more than just some research. Watch videos, read articles, buy a book. There's a lot of things out there, a lot of really good resources on the subject. And anything that interests you, I think, is worth investing time maybe a little bit of money in if you, if you wanted to buy a book, for example. And shadow work has been what has helped me become a better person over the years by bringing my full knowledge of myself into my consciousness. And I'm still working on it. Like This is not a self-help fix that in six months you'll be a new and better you. You probably will be a new and better you, but this is a lifelong endeavor. It's not like in six months you're going to stop having negative reactions that you tuck into your shadow. No, no, this is a lifelong thing and it is not going away. And it's already there whether you like it or not. It's just if you decide to take control and steer that shadow work boat rather than maybe when something jumps out of your shadow and punches you in the face having to deal with it then by surprise, get ahead of it. I don't see anything wrong with that. But the one bit that I will give you that has worked for me, that to me was the best way for me to start so very long ago, is to journal. You know, we've touched on shadow work before. We've touched on journaling a few times. These things go hand in hand, like strawberry shortcake, frickin' frack, like 
these things go hand in hand. And the more that you write, the more that you practice this, the more you get to know yourself and see what you can refine if there's something that you don't like, to see what you can hone and magnify that you do like. That written record will be your gateway to a better, healthier, more powerful you. But you have to be honest with yourself. No writing down what you think you should. Word vomit it. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. You know what you mean. Start with typing if you're more comfortable. I personally like to handwrite my journals because one, I am an artist and I like to do arty things to go along with entries at times. But two, I have to think about it more, longer, and it helps me remember and be more honest with myself than if I'm only typing. And there are times where I will write a journal entry and then I will go back and read it later. And I'm like, "Ooh, I was feeling petty. That's, ooh, that's rough. That's some broken glass right there. All right. Well, and then the next day, oh, I was a damn Disney princess that day. All right. Well, here we are. There are going to be things that you go back and read and you're not going to like, but that's all a part of the journey. Figuring out, okay, I don't like this about myself. I don't like this about the way I reacted. Why did I react that way? What drove me to that reaction? What produced that feeling within me? Well, was it a scenario? Was it a person? Okay. Is that a toxic scenario? Is that a toxic person? Is it a toxic behavior on my part? What hand did I play in bringing about this negative reaction in myself that I don't like? Is it from a place of insecurity? Is it from a place of past abuse? Is it from a place of distrust? Or is it a mixture of all? Because I'll tell you right now, quite frequently, it's usually a mixture of all as frustrating as that can be, but it can help you recognize those patterns and stop repeating the ones that are detrimental and toxic to you. So your mileage may vary. And again, this is really just the tip top of the iceberg. It can bring up a lot of big, scary things in a place that you didn't expect it to. And that's why I personally highly recommend seeking a professional for deeper things. But journaling is an excellent start. And it can even help you be more upfront and forthright with your therapist in the event that you have that as an available option. But it is the way that I have gotten to know myself better. I have become happier with myself, my progress, and my boundaries in my life. And it is the first step to being a better, brighter you that I will give anybody and everybody 24-7. That is my witchy tip for the day. And I hope that it brings you as much progress as it has me. And it will hopefully continue to. Um, I'm not going to say joy because shadow work is never fun. It is hard. It is the hard conversations, even if they're only with yourself. But hopefully it will help make the world and you better. That is our witchy tip. Now, with no listener stories, I find that we are actually at a very interesting spot. Because our next episode would be the first episode of June, which I have actually taken off for my birthday. So what we're going to do is we are going to bring season two to an end. And I'm going to take a few weeks off, which will give us some time to collect some listener stories. Let me go on a couple adventures and perhaps bring back some more lovely stories for you guys. And we will pick up season three 
at the end of June because I don't want to miss that June birthstone because June is my birthday and I'm going to talk about June birthstones. Yeah. If you have a personal spooky story that you would like me to read on the podcast, I would love to read it. I always need them, as you can see. Please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to follow us on social media. Join the Facebook page. We have a lot of fun there. And all links in the description for anything that I've mentioned. And I hope that you guys enjoy. Thank you very much to each and every one of you for coming along on this spooky ride. For everybody who listened, for everybody who shared, I super appreciate you guys. I actually have stuff for season three because I have requests. I have things that we've talked about that you guys want to see. The fact that I am going into a third season at like almost two years, I believe now we're going on two years. This is this is crazy. I had no idea how long this podcast was going to be when I started it. I think I even said I was like, oh, you know, if we get, you know, 20 episodes in and I run out and we're done. It's cool. Whatever. But the fact that you guys have kept coming back week after week and, you know, sending love, sending support, I cannot express my appreciation for you guys enough. And, you know, we may try some new stuff in season three. We'll see how it goes. We may try like spooky conversations or like come along with me on this spooky live stream or I don't know. We'll see. There's there's some stuff that I'm I'm tossing about right now and we're going to investigate the feasibility of these things and stay tuned. I'm hoping that season three is going to be even more exciting than the first two have been. So thank you for tuning in. Until I talk to you next time, my dearest, darlingest, spookiest friends, do not forget to keep living that spooky life. And I will see you soon. Bye.